Welcome to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. I have with me uh, Garo Rastogi from California today, and uh, we are going to discuss about uh, the need and role of continuous learning, deep work, and deep thinking in the times when we are all facing attention deficit. We are facing weapons of mass distraction, which are destroying our ability to focus. And this is all happening at the time when our work is requiring us to bring in more emotional energy, focus, creativity into the life as AI and MI is starting to hurt our work environment. And in the current times then, we have to see how do you connect deep work, deep thinking, and how do you use some of the techniques of meditation and yoga, etc. to deliver and manage over a long term your peak performance. I have uh, Gaurav Rasogi with me in the discussion, uh, who is a co-founder of an artificial intelligence startup called Infinote.com, which he started after a long career of driving sales transformation at an $8 billion service company. He is an author with two business books to his name. Gaurav also has an interesting side to him. He is also the co-founder of non-profit Mantra Chakra Foundation that promotes healthy living through meditation and yoga. He's a meditation teacher and advanced yoga credentials are with him. He has also authored one meditation ebook and a podcast on meditation called Living Meditation. All this is available on YouTube and other places. Welcome, Gaurav. Hello, Mahesh. Gaurav, today's episode, uh, we'll be focusing on how rather you focus in this age of, uh, you know, the technologies of mass distraction around us, always trying to unfocus us and get focused on, I may use the word irrelevant things. Uh, how do you align your thought process? How do you focus? And in, in, in the end, do a deep work. And what's the role of continuous learning uh, to keep focused and achieve the state of deep work. Uh, Mesh, let's begin with the last um, sentence, which is uh, continuous learning. Every industry, every sphere of life is now changing so fast that you have to continue learning. Uh, whether you're a politician and you now need to learn how to handle social media, or you're a business leader and you now need to figure out what blockchain is or what AI is or uh, whatever other new technologies are coming out, um, or if you're uh, someone who's just beginning their careers and now need, needs to learn new craft, new art, new art. It is important, imperative that uh, that we continue our learning journey way past the time we graduate from school. And uh, this is true in every sphere of life now. The volume of learning that's coming up is important. That's one reason why continuous learning is important. The other reason is a... Uh, is a yogi at work problem, which is uh, yoga is skill at work. And being skilled at work requires mastery of the skills of, um, of, of one's work and pushing the edge of that mastery. Because we are creatures of habit, we tend to bore uh, really soon. So not only do we have to excel in what we're doing, 
we have to find new things to excel in to continue being engaged to continue to get enjoyment out of our work and to continue to to thrill in in our activities otherwise we're going to get bored and if we get bored we have a natural cure for boredom boredom is a great creative uh, tool by the way and one should learn to cultivate boredom <clears throat> but when we get bored these days even with a hint of boredom a a a a shadow of a boredom coming around the corner we are ready to pull out our phones and look at you know some random trivia on the phone our attention spans are low our energy expended on on going through the hard part of boredom uh, especially when learning a new skill you have to be bored with repetition or or acquisition of facts you have to be able to go through all that to the other side but if we don't have a uh, high threshold for boredom then we tend to um, never cross over to the other side where we've learned something and mastered something so to to sum up every sphere of life requires continuous learning to be to derive satisfaction of from our work we need to continue acquiring mastery of new skills and acquiring mastery of any skill requires the ability to to have a high threshold for boredom because you're acquiring things and learning things until they become uh, fun and then finally getting to uh, the fact that these weapons of mass distraction social media and and everything else have made it increasingly difficult for us to have energy to spend on learning something because we don't have the attention so it all comes down to do we have the skills to master our attention because mastering any skill requires attention yeah and as you, as you rightly said uh, to do to uh, to master or to learn any new skill the mindset has to be acceptance of continuous learning process and one has to do it kind of mindset you can't just do it and want to master a skill somebody tells you what to do and it, it, it's i would say it's a pattern in one's mind that is willing to do it now that subject of continuous learning itself to me it seems more relevant today than ever because earlier it was to upgrade yourself in what you were doing and things are not changing at the frantic pace as they are happening now in the environment around us including technology cultures everything you know the nation boundaries are shrinking the technology is connected so well so i think continuous learning is almost become a a, a survival need you can't survive without it you're right uh, no sphere of life is is uh, can you actually acquire enough knowledge for the rest of your life and and then coast it's not going to happen uh, of course um, you know in in you talked about the reduction of the change in na- national boundaries now people who are more dedicated to uh, your craft can mm-hmm. come from anywhere in the world and work will travel to wherever those people are which means uh, unemployment looms large eventually in the horizon if uh, people don't upgrade their skills so continuous learning is a part of the the, the future of work the challenge of course is uh, workplaces are not designed for that sort of thing now uh, learning has been treated as a sort of a, a, a nice to have 
And whenever companies run into budget issues, they tend to cut the learning budgets first because it seems spurious. The challenge is now uh, it's no longer spurious. It's mission critical that people learn new things and apply new things. I'd like to say a little more about mastery itself. Mastery isn't about the acquisition of facts or assembly of facts, uh, which is uh, in programming, for example, you could say <clears throat> learning the syntax of a particular programming language is not enough. Uh, mastery is about being able to connect the facts gathered in the mind and the intuition that that uh, comes up in the heart. And that is important as well, which is, uh, and, and I'll give you a, a very street example for this. In, um, in Delhi, where I grew up, uh, there's a street where um, tourists often go to shop. You know, every city has those sort of places. Right. And the, the vendors on the street, these are street markets, and the vendors on the street have kids who are maybe eight years, 10 years, five years old, who are conversing with French tourists in French and Japanese tourists in Japanese and, and making their sale. Now, what school did they go to and where have they done their PhD in linguistics? And they've not. All they've done is they've, they've paid attention to what someone else is saying and they've learned from the, you know, from mimicry. They've learned from doing some things and realizing it's working or not working. And they've built an intuition about what's going on. And that's important because now they can, they're more confident in their learning rather than someone who is book smarts. And we all know those people, right? Someone who is book smarts but does not have the intuitive faculties uh, that come with mastery, which means that they know all the theory but have never engaged with the practice. And that's, that's not mastery. Mastery is both uh, book smarts and intuition smarts. Mm-hmm. And that is true. And, and as the future of human worker is changing so fast and, 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 and uh, nobody knows what uh, the future holds for the human worker. But one thing we know that there is dramatic change. And definitely they will have to learn that skill of you had spoken in a few uh, in one of the episodes, few episodes ago, that they will have to learn to do deep work. And to do the deep work, along with that, they will have to uh, develop their abilities to learn. And yes, it's not only uh, learning and going to educational institutions, but to find and learn from the challenges at work by f- trying to find new solutions, by doing some deep thinking. And how do you bring those thoughts out from you to contribute towards deep work? That probably could be a key to success. And what if you remember, not, not that everybody needs to go to, to mountains uh, to get focus and like the yogis used to do, uh, they, they will combine the, the meditation and, and yoga both, but still they for doing that, they used to go away even many hundreds of years ago from the daily hustle bustle, go to a place where the even environment gave them that opportunity or rather it was uh, thought to be providing that serenity where those ideas, uh, the, the, the facility to meditate and do yoga without interruption from unnecessary things when not even social media existed, nothing of that happened. But to do that uh, deep thinking and, and uh, uh, 
go to the stage where you are more learned than anybody else and they used to achieve not by going to school they were pulling their thoughts from their inside right uh, we should spend a, a few more minutes on on deep work itself why um, what is deep work why uh -huh. it's needed and um, and uh, we'll talk also about uh, the the whole part, part of going away, whether it's from society or social media. Uh, and also we should talk about the need to grapple with, uh, with a problem uh, for yeah. some time and so having the patience and the perseverance to grapple with the problem in order to, so to, satisf to solve it in a satisfying manner. So let's do this. Gaurav, how about that? That we take a short break, then we'll start with uh, your last sentence of deep work. And how let's do we do it? All right. Let's go Let, away yeah. and come back. Yeah. <laughs> let's take a deep break and we pull our thoughts together after that. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Welcome back. You are listening to Global Business with Mahesh Yoshi and I have with me Gaurav Rastogi and we are discussing about continuous learning, deep work and how do you get focused in the age where you are being hit by the technologies of mass distraction. So Gaurav, in last segment when we ended, we were talking about deep work. I'll let you start from there and then we'll continue our discussion. Um. Do you remember the story of how um, of Archimedes, who um, who's looking for um, a, a formula, and he finds a formula when he is uh, sitting in his bathtub, and he runs yeah, out. Yeah, 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 very well. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's an interesting story, uh, not just from a science perspective. It's a story about deep work, really, because the backdrop to this is he, Archimedes is looking for a formula. And he's struggling with this problem. He's spent a lot of time trying to get to the answer, and he doesn't get it. He doesn't get it, and finally, in frustration, he goes away, and he decides he must take a shower, maybe because his neighbors are complaining that the smell is too much. So he, he takes a bath, not a shower. He, he sits in his tub, 
And then there, uh, when he least expects to have the thought, it comes to him, fully formed, fully baked, and fully articulated. That's the secret behind deep work, which is, think of the conscious mind as the surface of an ocean, filled with, uh, filled with very moving, moving waves and tempests and storms and all sorts of mischief going on at the surface. But deep inside, deep in the, in the bed of that ocean are these jewels, these secrets that you want. And, and people think that by rousing up the waves on the surface of the mind, by having more thoughts, they're going to get to more deep insights into their subject matter. And it is far from the case. It's not that you can, uh, you know, you can uh, churn everything so fast that, you know, your deepest ideas will come up. Even if they do come up, they do not stand a chance in, in this wild uh, maelstrom of ideas that's swirling around your head. And that's the normal problem that, normal everyday situation for all of us, which is our minds are filled with thoughts. Um, in fact, uh, a very popular and I, I feel misguided process in a lot of companies since the 1980s is the process of brainstorming. And that uh, actually quite accurately describes uh, the scenario I described to you, which is um, brains are being stormed. Um, and uh, in that storming of the brain, uh, you expect good ideas to come out. But good ideas don't come out, only froth, only um, surface ideas come. Mm-hmm. Deep ideas, deep insights, deep poetry, deep creativity comes from deep inside us. And all we're trying to do through this process of grappling with the problem and dealing and and, and so coming at it from different angles is always to to find a place where we're able to tune in to these deepest thoughts. And that tuning in requires silence. That tuning in requires a going away from the froth, the surface ideas and the the swirling thoughts. And that going away could be any any um, could be in many different ways. Of course, the yogis went headed for the hills in the Himalayas, mm-hmm. and that's one kind of going away. But even going into your bathtub is a going away. Going out for a walk is a going away. Just stepping away from the problem and having the perspective to see it is going away. And so deep work requires the ability to have the patience to go. To, to handle boredom, have the perseverance to struggle with problems, and then have the silent space to be able to to listen to our innermost thoughts, because that's where the jewels are. That's where the the, the real stuff is, and that's deep work. Mm-hmm. Most of the work we do in our offices tends to be very shallow work, responding to emails, chatting with colleagues, sitting in meetings and doodling. And, and these are things that do not require our uh, entire attentional resources. You could try to multitask. Of course, people fail. But even with a fifth or tenth or twentieth of your mental capacity, you can coast through the, these really shallow things. But most people end up thinking that this coasting through through life, through every day uh, of work, is, is actual work. It is not. It's merely the outward pretense of work. The activity is just a, um, a pretense or a, um, um, what's the right word for it? It is an, a, not, 
not really quite an excuse, but it's um, it's just make believe work. It's not real work. Right, right. Because you and know, uh, you're getting infinite number of possible thoughts any given time and ideas. And, and which ones to focus on? Yeah, which one to focus. So what you do is then you tend to prioritize, and you prioritize on what answer email because that gives you a sense of have achieved something. Yeah, there's a hint of a, you know satisfaction. Okay, I did something. I wrote Correct. an email. And this is a hint. My inbox super, is zero. Or something. Yeah, it's very superfluous. <laughs> that are very responsive. But I think what I get out of what you just said till now is deep thinking is very important because even the example of Archimedes you gave. <laughs> so so if you do if we do deep thinking. It's basically we are increase. We all have very valuable and useful thoughts with us, but how do we bring them to surface? Am I right? That you can do with deep thinking, and if you get those valuable ideas, that probably will allow us to take uh, more number of valuable actions. I'm trying to see a relationship here, You're and right. that will allow um, us to do deep work there. That is uh, that is right. Now I remind you of a bored uh, clerk at an office yeah. who, in one year, yeah. wrote five astounding papers. True. And of course, later we know him as Albert Einstein. But <laughs> yeah. here's a man who who did a you know a you know patent clerk's uh, job mm-hmm. in his daytime, and during his commute and through the rest of his day, he was writing five different scientific papers, each of which was brilliant. And on different subjects, the whole theory of relativity, for example, Brownian motion, all sorts of interesting stuff. That's what, what's possible with deep work. But I, I want to uh, just join into the conversation a little bit when you were saying uh, deep thinking is required. Many people don't understand what happens with thoughts. Um, it is not that deep thinking is about having more thoughts or more, in quotes, deeper thoughts. It's not that. It is not that at all. In fact, it has very little to do with expressed or experienced thought. When you have great thoughts, if I ask you, for example, to have a great thought right now, you can't have a great thought on demand. You can experience a great thought mm-hmm. when it comes to you. You can tune in to, to great thoughts when you are in the right frame. But can you have great recombinant thoughts? And the answer is no. Sometimes you might combine, you know, two things or three things, which is what people do in brainstorming. You combine random bits of things and you try to get a a new thought out of that. One, it's a wasteful process. But two, the greatness is not that you assemble three bits of garbage and now it looks like art. It is that it's art when you can see the pattern even in three bits of garbage. What that means is the ability to to tune in to what's great is what deep deep thinking is about. Mm. It's not about the thoughts themselves. It's knowing which thought is good. Mm. That is that is important. Having more thoughts is not the antidote to um, uh, to shallow thoughts. Mm. Now you know uh, we say chess players are are very smart, like you know, mentally they are probably you can call them gifted. And if you remember Gary Kasparov. Gary Kasparov, yes. Yeah. And if you look at that guy, 
uh, it, I, I had read about, I've not read his book, but I read about his book. Uh, you know, the title was Deep Thinking, where machine intelligence, intelligence ends and human creativity begins. That's yeah. the, 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 the name, I'll repeat again, Deep Thinking. Mm-hmm. Then the subtitle under it is where machine intelligence ends <coughs> and human creativity begins. Now, this is after he lost to the Deep Blue, which was when he played against IBM computer. Right. And he, he made that uh, famous tagline uh, uh, when he was writing this book that one big loss for man was a one giant win for mankind. <laughs> because How interesting. Yeah, uh, and 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 uh, if you if you if you read his, uh, um, I would say what he talks about his book, he says that even while he was writing the book, it was kind of a therapy for him, and he mentions that it was a very painful process. But he says I learned a great deal about myself and my opponent, which is a machine in that case. <laughs> and he rather says that he was very happy that he had an opportunity to turn all this experience into a positive story. That's about his book, which he shares with the world. Yeah. He wants to know, let the whole world know the smartest guy who was, uh, uh, you know, uh, the chess player so well known. And uh, he, he, he is not at all ashamed. And, and he very clearly says that I make it clear in deep thinking, that's his book, that my loss to Deep Blue was also a victory for humans. Imagine, it's creators and everybody everybody uh, benefits, who benefits from our technology leaps? That's everyone, we all. And uh, that's always the case in, in, in a bigger picture when you look at it. And, uh, and, and he's actually, in his book, he rejects the man versus machine competition storyline. He doesn't build on it. I'm, when I say build on it, it may be wrong word. But he said that's not a storyline, that it was a competition man versus machine. Because he clearly specifies, who does the machine work for? He <laughs> said, it's for us. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, and that's, that's a book I think a few decades ago he wrote. And uh, and he even even there he specified that that our future of our lives uh, would be better, we have a better future with intelligence machines, and only so if we embrace them enough. So it's it's unbelievable, you know. When I was looking at Gary Kasparov's book on deep thinking. And here is a guy sure. whose picture, if you look at it, he's always in deep thought when he used to play the game, if you remember. Yes. So let's do this, uh, Gaurav, on this deep thinking and uh, deep work. We continue the discussion after taking a short break. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. We'll be right back. 
Voice America Live Events channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Welcome back. Uh, you're listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, and I'm in discussion with our guest, Karvara uh, Sogi from California. Uh, in first two segments, we had very interesting discussion on uh, uh, starting with continuous learning uh, in the age of uh, uh, constant attack by weapons of mass distraction, moving on to deep work and deep thinking. So but let's uh, let's capture your thoughts, Gaurav, uh, on deep work and deep thinking. In our education career uh, through school and later, we're, we're not taught how to manage ourselves. We're not taught how to um, to handle our own time. It's it's inferred and you know it's implied that we will figure it out on our own. And so there is no formal training in 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 self management. And one of the biggest gaps in this understanding of self-management is our understanding of how to handle our own time, how to handle our own energy, and how to handle our attention span. And as a result, uh, we're not tutored on on how to do it well. And most people end up picking up the wrong habits. And most people will end up living their entire lives out no, not knowing that there's a better way to handle your own time, your own energy, and your own attentional resources. And they'll squander away all their attention. Um, and and that's the that's the sad part of, um, of our, our education system right now. Now, deep work requires the ability to, uh, to handle all three, to be able to master our time and do things at our time, at our pace, rather than have it dictated by external circumstances, to master all our, all our intentional resources and all our energy into the task at hand. Most people who do great things, if you're looking at, uh, uh, you know, we were talking about Einstein during his uh, his miraculous year, 
he, he wrote five papers. He did wonderful work for science, all at one go simultaneously. Uh, Feynman, for another example, uh, of, of uh, someone who did several different things simultaneously. You can still make time for five different things if you can do each thing one at a time and give it your all and move on to the next thing. So it isn't that we, some people ha- are given more time on this planet than the others. It is that some people know how to handle their time better, handle all their ener- energy better, and handle their attention a lot better. And they're able to get more done. They're able to get more done and be more satisfied in the process. And that's deep work. Um, at office, for example, the, the the reason there's a nine to five workday is because um, about uh, more than a hundred years ago, uh, they were trying to figure out, you know, how to keep people at offices in industrial jobs. And industrial jobs were somewhat repetitive and um, and boring. So you had to figure out a way to keep people in. And it didn't matter if their attention span was high, low, or medium. They just had to be in the office and do whatever it is, you know, whatever tightening of screws or it is that they needed to do. The modern workplace is now a 24-7 workplace. True. But we haven't learned from the mistakes of the Industrial Revolution. Human beings are not machines. Human energy ebbs and flows through the day. Uh, For example, we were discussing outside the call. Uh, I like early mornings, you like late evenings. That's just who we are and that's how our patterns are. Right. Now, we are not using any of that uh, uh, energy, tidal movement of energy uh, to our advantage. In fact, most people show up at work when they're half awake and come back uh, half dead. And um, and so we're just moving through our workday in a daze, not not you know not surfing on the peaks of our energy at all. And you know that the difference in output between someone at their peak and the same person on their average could be a five x, ten x difference. You know that for yourself. I'm sure that when you're in the mood for something you can get it done so much quicker than when you're not in the mood for it. And it just seems to drag on. Has it not been the case? Yes. And that's uh, that's about deep work as well. It is not about spending more time at work. In mm-hmm. fact, if you engage in deep work, you actually get more time back. Because uh, if you look at uh, the output equation of uh, your output is intensity times time that you spend. So how long does it take to do something? Well, it takes me two hours at full attention and 20 hours at 10% attention. It's rough math, but assume that to be a a working um, equation for us. If we spend our entire workday at 30-40% attention, and even that attention span is a few seconds and it, it needs to be reset every now and then, What's happening is we're working at maybe 10% attention. Work out the math. It takes 10 times longer to do things in this state of mind than uh, than at our peak. Wouldn't it be nice if we could work at our peak, do that piece of work in, in one-tenth of the time, and now nine-tenth of our working day is still available for us to do other things? That will be great. 
Amen to that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's what people who are highly productive are able to figure out. How not to be distracted. How to have an attention span. Uh, attention is like a muscle. You can you can work your attention muscle and you can actually build up your strength over time. You know, you, you and said, so, sorry for interruption, Gara, you bring in a very good point. Uh, how to avoid distractions. Now, uh, in the last segment, I gave that... Uh, example of Gary Kasparov, uh, you know, losing to uh, the IBM computer. That's well remembered. He lost in 1997. But the fact still remains, it was a return match. It's not that he lost the first time. <laughs> in when he, It happened in 1996. Uh, they called, uh, in Philadelphia, Kasparov actually beat Deep Blue by 4-2. But if you see what happened next time, and he he's the guy who, if you see as a chess player, you would see him in, in deep thoughts. So not only the IBM company strengthened the logic and whatever information they wanted to do, put the experts on it, but they did something else. They changed the style of venue to make Kasparov mm -hmm. a little bit uncomfortable. They pulled him mm -hmm. out of his zone of deep thought where he could do that. You know, and see, like in chess, you have the team room where you can consult with your his seconds or, you know, whosoever is, uh, is the chess player. They took it out. So they made it uncomfortable for him. And, and then there is a way to look at, you know, uh, you, you get, um, he had requested a printout of, uh, you know, machines, logs of completed games. You know, you could see that how the game went. You know, so to build your thought process and others. IBM refused. So by doing those two things, changing the environment and by not allowing him to build his thoughts on the existing what has happened, the moves, what happened was he started getting angry and frustrated. And that's how he could not do that deep thinking. Look at it this way, how a plan it is to distract him. It may maybe I'm using the wrong word plan. Maybe yes, because it was a PR victory for IBM, which was trying to turn around the company that time. But I'm I'm, I'm just trying to support uh, the discussion uh, which uh, which you have brought forward so nicely uh, on on deep thinking in the environment to do the deep thinking. You could get a deep thinker like him out of it. So frustrated, so angry that ultimately he lost three and a half to two and a half. It looks little, but it's a big margin. But it doesn't now take a um, a large industrial corporation to uh, to do that anymore. We are willing co-conspirators in this uh, uh, in this process, and we are willingly distracting ourselves and lowering our en energy, and and filled with outrage because something has happened on social media that requires me to be angry. All of these things are just wasting our energy and time, time and energy that we could have spent in. Uh, doing wonderful work and leading a wonderful life. True. So, in current environment, <coughs> when we have so much of distractions, it look, to me it looks like uh, deep thinking is necessary to bring, uh, I would say every human being brings in a lot of value to the society and to the planet with many other things but one of them is also bringing about the valuable thoughts he has inside him how do you get out of it 
maybe the guy was a brilliant idea like we you gave some examples earlier in in what vague locations and situations they got it how do you bring it out so now in the age of uh, machine intelligence that superficial ideas the repetitive things included in that they will all be taken care of by artificial intelligence so the only way for human race to keep developing even more artificial intelligence raising its level is bringing those deep thoughts out of you which are there and which you are not aware of and let them contribute to the human race sure um learning to meditate is a core work skill that people will need to uh uh pick up very soon in their careers and why is that if you're an, an, an olympic athlete you mm-hmm. go to the gym every day for 4 6 10 hours um, every day and you practice <coughs> if you're a um, if you're a, a theater actor you practice whatever your craft is if you're an artist you practice if you're jerry seinfeld and you do stand up you write a joke every day and you practice and you hone your craft you don't just show up and start talking it's the same with professional places showing up and starting to talk you're going to waste everybody else's time and there's a, a time and place for that but you have to learn to become good at what you do and to become good at what you do you have to be able to practice holding your attention practice tuning in and listening to all those uh, all those experiences that are happening inside and that requires learning meditation and so learning meditation is going to become a core skill for professionals especially those professionals who want to be at the top of their game because like i said if you're coming up with 10% of your um, your uh, resources you're not going to get much done you're going to spend more time and get less done and mm-hmm. so if you learn to meditate you can actually do more things in less time and do them better and do them over and over again and have energy left over to do other things as well excellent you know garav um, we are at the end of our third segment i will take a short break and uh, we'll continue our discussions in the next session get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on twitter find us at voice america trn or twitter.com forward slash voice america trn Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 
888-346-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Welcome back. You're listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. We have with us uh, Garada Sogi from California, and we are having a discussion on deep work, deep learning, continuous learning, and many other things contribute to make all these three things happen. So, till now, uh, what I have understood from the discussions we had, Gaurav, that there is a linkage between deep work deep thinking, and to do that, how important is meditation, which many hundreds of years ago, the yogi is used to master. Does it sound uh, the complete package in terms of a process to arrive at deep work? Yeah, so uh, this is a whole lifestyle. It's not just a thing, one thing or another that, that one does. It's a whole lifestyle. In, included in this are our management of personal energy in terms of what you eat, when you eat it, a management of personal energy in terms of how you breathe, what is the process of breathing, paying attention, management of personal energy in terms of what you burn your energy on. You know, if you're spending it on on cheap outrage on social media, then you've just burnt your energy, and now you're uh, you're toast, and you're just going to feel like sitting in front of a television screen and vegetate. And so, uh, deep work is about creating a, an altogether new kind of lifestyle um, around you where you're aware of of the impact things have on your energy levels and you know when the energy is right for which kind of activity and um, and getting into it and getting more done in much lesser time than um, than uh, than with low energy so all of this is is deep work Learning to meditate is a core skill because then you can actually sit in one place, deal with the, in quotes, the boredom issues and and be able to come out on the other side and also be able to hold on to your attention and willfully direct it on the task at hand. We talked about deep thinking as well. And what I want to say here is deep thinking isn't about having more thoughts. It's also not about staring out blankly into space uh, forever uh, and and having uh, unstructured uh, thoughts. It is not that. It is simply being present to your thoughts, being present to to the to the 
to the thoughts that does not yet have language associated with it and being able to tune in to your own internal states and being able to then express that in thoughts that have words and that becomes uh, your expressed uh, thought that might be a scientific paper it might be a presentation it might be a talk all of these things so being present to yourself is uh, is uh, what you learn from meditation and that is extremely important for deep work and i think um, to me it looks like in future the connectivity of these three and whoever manages that would be a key success factor and but at the same time when i say that these are the human characteristics all of them and only humans can do that no machine can do it neither can animals so probably uh, i would say the through through these distraction or the artificial intelligence whatever is coming the human race is being pushed to think about itself about a human being's true capability and what it should be doing so maybe would it be okay to say that uh, with whatever was happening human being stop doing what it was supposed to do in a way i'm not you know that's interesting yeah you know that's interesting you say that a few a few conversations ago we had we had in fact probably begun with this sentiment as well computers were once people too exactly and am it yeah. the thing is um uh, you know it used to be that we th- we said tool building is a uniquely human um uh, capability and so humans must bring, bring tool they build tools but then what we built a lot of tools then you then our strength and our you know the our ability to manipulate things became our uh, our our uh, uh, you know our trademark and then we built technology we actually domesticated animals to carry things uh, for us and slowly we you know we moved from physical things to mental things like uh, language and arts and so on and uh, and we said okay mathematics is a very human thing animals cannot be taught how to um, manipulate numbers in their heads and so so at one point computers were people who were sitting in a room computing things using hands log tables and their uh, their uh, uh, their brain power and uh, this is only about 100 years ago where the um, uh, there were large computing offices where the with computing capacity measured in kilogirls kilogirls as in how many thousands of girls are needed to compute this very complex problem so those were computers those people were computers and later we realized that uh, routine computation even complex computation can be done better cheaper faster and more efficient and with with lesser mistakes by machines and so machines became computers and we no longer think of computers as being human it's the same with many other jobs eventually physical brawn is going to be done by 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 beast or machine mental right. computation work will be done by machine and the yogi at work will be still a human because only hum- humans can um, can have this deep intuition can only humans can actually uh build 
you know, can connect dots and see things there, can look into the future and, and imagine things. The power of imagination is still ours. The power of personal energy, the power of this personal energy to influence yourself and others, all of these things are what the yogi at work does uh, really well. And these are entirely human attributes. And so uh, these are safe from incursion from uh, machines. These sort of jobs. Every other jobs will either be um, low end, for example, the last mile delivery of, of you know, a piece of package, um, and uh, waiting eventually for computers or robots to to take over, or um, or people will be jobless. They may not be penniless, but they'll certainly be jobless. And that's a frightening scenario. Now, Gary Kasparov does not talk about that. It's not that machines want our jobs. It's that we don't know what we want if the machines take our jobs. What are we going to do? How are we going to engage ourselves? And and that becomes a, a stark questions, uh, question for, for governments to think about, for large companies to think about, because... Um, and for you and I to think about as well, because humans are, are in, inventive, innovative, and uh, powerful beings, uh, but we're now being um, outcompeted by little bits of silicon. That's a fantastic summary, Gaurav. So uh, you summarize it very well in a way our whole discussion, and I really appreciate your thought process. Uh, about how the human being uh, will contribute to uh, the human race, to the planet, to the society uh, for which it was built. Foundation um, could be meditation, yoga, bringing in, in, in deep thinking. And, and I really appreciate you explaining deep thinking so well that it is not the throw thousands of ideas and let, let the ideas, deep ideas, deep thoughts uh, float up and uh, focus on deep work and that probably would be uh, our weapon of defense and achieving a peak performance when the weapons of uh, the technologies of mass distractions is affecting the ability to focus for the human race. So uh, thank you so much Gaurav for joining the show today. Thank you Mahesh. Enjoyed this as always. Sure, thanks.